Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There is no better group of buds for flower power than forms of the shrubby potentilla. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook here to answer some of your gardening quandaries. You'll know from listening to us over the last few weeks that we were nominated for an award by the Garden Media Guild. Alas, we were pipped to the post, and the winner of that broadcast award joins me this week on the podcast. Marion Foster presents Garden Mania on BBC Radio Newcastle, and we'll be talking about her show the award, and Marion's recent studies as part of her gardening degree. My thanks to Thompson & Morgan, sponsors of this podcast, and to my producer, Charlie Jones. Pretty good weekend's weather. Uh, last weekend, soil's really still quite dry for me, but perfect conditions to keep digging. But in the border soil, in greenhouses and polytunnels and cold frames, the chances are it's very, very dry. And at this time of the year, it's a very good thing to give that a thorough soaking. If you do put a lot of water on, then it, it what we call washes the salts out. If there's been an accumulation of fertiliser when you've been feeding tomatoes and peppers and cucumbers and things right through the summer, giving a really good watering now washes that through and gives you a flying start. As soon as the water's drained a bit, then I've got some lettuce seedlings, Arctic King and the winter gem ready to go into the soil. One thing that's new and really quite exciting is the Ascot Spring Garden Show, uh, which was announced uh, last week and will be uh, held from the 13th to the 15th of April next year. And if you buy tickets before the end of January, it's just £16 to get in. That sounds like a pretty good deal to me. There'll be six good show gardens. And I hope that the designers will really take the opportunity to show spring plants in all their beauty. You know, it'd be nice to see uh, designed gardens with uh, fragrant narcissus and tulips, hyacinths, wallflowers, stocks, all the evergreen azaleas. It should be really stunning. I just hope the weather's friendly, because in April it can be a bit cold, can't it? But there'll be uh, nursery exhibits, of course, and trade stands, and they'll be adjacent to the parade ring, which at Ascot Racecourse has a fantastic piece of grass. And, you know, the architecture of the grandstand when you go in, I mean, it'll be a magnificent backdrop. They have very good catering facilities there, and if you go up into the grandstand, you can look out right across that uh, beautiful Windsor landscape, across to the Savile Gardens and the Valley Gardens. And really, I mean, you could make a real day of it and do those two gardens and the show. One of the best things for me is that it's uh, very easy to get there by rail. You know, the station's outside. Or you can drive. 
and it's pretty close from the M25, the M4 and the M3 and the car parking's going to be free. I mean, I, I think, give it a year or two, this show could uh, really chase Hampton Court Palace Flower Show. I have to uh, have a sigh of relief, I suppose, that uh, the powers that be in Europe have at last granted an extension of five years on the licence for glyphosate. It's not that I use very much weed killer in my garden. You know, no weed is mightier than the hoe. If you cultivate and chop the tops off weeds fast enough, you control them. But when it comes to uh, farming and the control of black grass in cereals, then glyphosate is really quite an important material. If the farmers can't get the black grass growing through the winter, clear it with glyphosate and then sow with spring barley, it would mean having to leave the land fallow and cereals would just become a, a biennial. So it looks as if common sense has reigned. Last week too I was talking about digging at the weekend and when it comes to gardening, getting the foundation, the soil right, is all important. I love single digging. And, and the key to it is to take out a trench first of all, one spade wide and a spade depth. Yes, that's what we call a spit, the spade depth. And you heap that soil up at the far end of the plot and then when you dig the next strip, you've got a really nice open area that you can lift each spadeful, twist it and invert it and bury a bit of well-rotted compost or animal manure and leave that in big lumps right the way through the winter, on heavy soil especially. As it freezes and thaws and wets and dries, those big lumps crumble and by next spring you just knock it with a rake and it just falls into the most beautiful fine textured soil for sowing and for planting. But you need to get the digging done now. And if you're not used to digging, just do it a little at a time. You know, it's like uh, preparing for any sport, I suppose. You need to just sort of loosen up, take it gently don't have too much soil on the spade at uh, any one time and just work into it very gently. I like to uh, sort of set myself a target of a metre or two each time I dig and it's surprising how that gradually builds. And I hope by the middle of January my veg plot, which is uh, 30 feet by 40, will all be dug nice and level, brown, weed-free, Ready for a flying start next spring. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Well, today I'm very pleased to welcome Marion Foster, the much-loved presenter of BBC Pebble Mill at One, and now presenter of Garden Mania on BBC Newcastle every Sunday. And I have to congratulate you, Marion, don't I, for knocking us into second place <laughs> with the Garden Media Guild Award Best Radio Broadcast of the Year. I know, it was a wonderful surprise, but I was just thinking, Peter, how lovely it was that you and I were together again. And <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, After all these years. <laughs> I, I couldn't be beaten by a better and more lovely person. I was absolutely delighted. Well, that's very kind of you, Peter. And, and uh, actually, um, my thanks go to uh, Capability Brown. <laughs> Oh, really? Well, that's getting back a bit. You can't have known him. You know? No, I, but I feel as if I know him a little bit better now because uh, the, the programme that they gave the award to was called Christmas Capability because I, I made this programme and it was broadcast on Christmas Day, last Christmas Day, for an hour. And I had even more, I could have filled half the, half the day with, with their material because it was a compilation of reports that I had done from January to December right across that year because it was the 300th anniversary of the birth of uh, Capability Brown. And, of course, he's a local boy for us at BBC Newcastle because um, he was born at a place called Kirkhall in Northumberland, a tiny little hamlet, and and spent the first uh, 20-odd years of his life there and learned a lot of his skills there. Um, before he went on to start working in the, you know, the great big estates further south. And there were so many different items and interviews and uh, events taking place that I, I was able to almost every other week to go somewhere in, in our region and record how they were celebrating Capability Brown's 300th anniversary. And I found myself talking to little children at Campbell School the building still exists, although the children of Campbell School these days are in a slightly more modern building. But they had for a while when their, um, their, their heater broke down, the pump or something broke down. And the, so the school had had to go back into the old, <laughs> the old school building that Capability Brown had been in. And so and the, the, the little children I spoke to actually remembered that. Um, but they, the teacher had taught them all about their, well, one of their former pupils. And so they told the story as well. And I think it was just the enthusiasm of those uh, little ones, as well as the experts um, and, and the authors who'd written about him. And there were um, dramas and, and um, all sorts of happenings going on in places like Wallington um, that I recorded that had children in it as well as adults. So I was able, over that one-hour program, to tell the story of Capability Brown through the voices of people who now lived where he had once lived uh, 300 years ago. And I think the judges did say that they liked the way people learnt the story um, through those voices and through all those different uh, places that, that we visited. People did learn something <laughs> from the programme as well as enjoy it. And, and so I was, I was thrilled because um, I learnt a lot about him as well. And it was just such a lovely... It was a lovely year for us, actually, in the end. But what a great thing to have done. You know, it's so easy, isn't it, for us just to refer to Capability Brown and for the same most obvious facts to be delivered, to actually spend time to get that detail and then have it recorded and in the memory of quite a lot of people. That was an excellent thing to do. 
Well, like I say, it's a, I was in the, the, the right place at the right time, wasn't I, really? And, uh, and, the, and the right person doing it, yes. Oh, well, that's very kind of you. It's <laughs> yeah. just I saw an, an opportunity and thought, you know, we could do this. And so uh, every program, I mean, my program is a weekly program. It's a gardener's phone-in. So it's basically a very simple, straightforward program. But what I try to do is have elements in it that broaden the scope, turn it a little bit more into a, perhaps a magazine. And it's amazing how you find something every every Sunday, you know, there's something in there, <laughs> you know, reflecting what people are doing that's related to gardening uh, in our region. I mean, people think that gardening stops when the clocks alter, but it couldn't be further from the truth, could it? I mean, the, the phone calls you get, they keep coming regardless that's right. of the that's season. Right. We, we have a programme... 52 weeks of the year, except when there's a football match at the same time. Oh, those, those, <laughs> and then footy wins. But I have the last word because in the last few months, they've changed my transmission time from, uh, it used to be at one o'clock. So I did often get knocked off the air sometimes, you know, because of the football matches. Um, but now I'm at nine o'clock in the morning between nine and ten. And fortunately, they don't start football matches as early as that. <laughs> <laughs> At least Newcastle and Sunderland don't play as early as that. <laughs> well, and most gardeners get up in the morning too, don't they? And so it's a very good time. It's good because uh, people listen before they go into the garden. Yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, who have you got with you working on that program now? Um, John Guy is our, our new gardening expert. He's the lead lecturer in horticulture at uh, Northumberland College. And, um, and he's a very good chap. He had was somebody who used to do a lot of inserts into the program um, from the walled garden at the college, but he now comes in and and answers all the, the listeners' questions because um, he has, well, just like like you, you know, and, and Stan and Eddie and, um, and Gary Phillipson, who used to do, I've worked with in the past, you've all got gardening in your blood and you have had hands-on gardening experience for many, many years. I've come into it a bit at a tangent. I'm more like an enabler or a catalyst. You know, I sit there and help people who want to ask the questions. I'm on their side, in a sense, and help them to put their questions and points across to the experts. Not too much modesty there now, because you have a degree in horticulture, don't you? (laughs) you, I have a foundation degree, which I finished this, uh, this summer, I think that's amazing. You know, I'm not sure that my memory would stand tuition. Mind you, you're obviously much younger well, than me. I but... you, uh, well, I'm, I am in my 70s, and I have noticed that I... In fact, why I started doing some of these classes was because I realized that my memory was getting worse and worse, and it was taking ages sometimes for me to remember something that normally would have been, you know, there in a flash. And, and I find that although I still struggle... At least I think I'm I'm holding on. <laughs> the fact that I'm having to do a lot of brave work, um, I'm holding on. But I do find that if I don't get enough sleep, I'm useless the following day. My memory has just sort of you know given up and walked out the door. Um, so if I have to do anything important at college, you know, give a presentation or pass an exam or something, I have to make sure that I get a decent night's sleep beforehand. Otherwise, I'm just useless. Join the club. <laughs> Uh, I've just been describing how last weekend I spent uh, several hours on Saturday and Sunday digging and and that's where I recharge the batteries, you know, to get away and just do something physical. It makes me have uh, 
a really enjoyable lunch. It makes me sleep at night, and I've been sleeping for ten hours the last three yes. days. I've got and the you feel so much better. Yes. Yeah. And and really, uh, you know, um, all honours due to you, Peter. I find it astonishing that you do so much. Um, at at your age, which I know has moved slightly into the other decade beyond <laughs> me, <laughs> and to listen to you, you, you know, you sound like a youngster half my age. So it's um, uh, there is something about gardening that is very therapeutic. I can't do a lot of the the heavy work now because I've got so much arthritis in my finger joints and my knees and hips, and you know I've got some of the bionic joints um, in there already, and I need a few more. But just even walking around the garden and doing a little bit of gentle weeding or pruning back or something like that, there is something that is really therapeutic about a garden. I discovered this, you know, years and years and years ago when I first came to London and I moved into um, a top floor flat in the court that I shared with four or five other people. And I'd come home after work each day having been used to having a little back garden at, at my house in, in Newcastle, my parents' house, um, and I, I felt so claustrophobic. And uh, there was um, a sash window that I could open, and um, below me was the roof of part of the flat below, which was sort of black tar, you know. Uh, and uh, I thought, I've got, to, I've got to get some air. I've got to get out of this place. And in the end, because I actually moved to London in, in May, so I had my first... Well, it was my first summer in my first few weeks. Every night I would go out and put another coat of white paint on this black roof just so that I could get reflect some light back into into the room where I was. And I put some tubs out and I planted my first tomato plant. And in the end, it hardly grew at all. And I think I got three tomatoes off it. And I can remember taking a photograph of it to prove that I've managed to grow some tomatoes. But that's when I realized that I actually needed to be able to get into a garden because I'd been brought up that way. Yeah. Came home from school, you ran into the garden. It wasn't a big garden, it was just, you know, an urban, little urban garden. But when I don't have that facility, I, it gets to me. And just to be able to step outside your front door onto a little bit of grass. Makes such a difference. About it makes you feel good. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah. uh, I have a letter with a postscript from a lady called Mrs. Emerson, who suffers badly with arthritis. And and the postscript uh, apologised for the handwriting because she was so arthritic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But she said that uh, when she goes out into the garden, uh, the pain disappears. It's only when she comes back in that it comes back. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it, that that we're doing as a pastime and as a job. Well, I uh, think... Now, a lot of doctors, and there's been research into this, hasn't there? Uh, 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 the sort of medical profession has now realized um, how important gardening therapy is. And that even for people in hospital, to look out of the window onto a garden actually improves uh, recovery and a sense of well-being. I think the research started in California or somewhere like that, you know, a a decade or so ago. But it's gradually now seeping through and it's being used a lot, especially with people who have been suffering from traumas. I know servicemen um, are now encouraged that there are all sorts of things set up for um, people who are recovering from all sorts of mental as well as physical traumas 
to be able to have some sort of horticultural therapy and, and what, what a, a great value it has. I can endorse that just from my own experiences. And, and of course, you're continuing it through your radio broadcasts. Marion, our heartiest, and I mean our heartiest congratulations. I hope your station manager is well aware of what honours you're heaping on him. <laughs> and we look forward to speaking to you fairly soon, yes. So, well, thank you very much. I think they realise that the gardeners uh, are fighting back. Even the sports teams, who are lovely, actually, at BBC Newcastle, came up and said... Well done, Marion. So um, it's really well done to all the gardening listeners to my programme because they contributed all to that programme. And hopefully we may attract a few more to your programme. <laughs> <laughs> In the Society of Chemical Industries magazine, yeah, it seems to be a strange place, doesn't it, for me to be spending time reading, uh, there's uh, an article with the heading Grape expectations. I found it interesting for the statistics. Over the last 50 years, apparently, production of uh, vines and wine has increased from 1,500 bottles a year to 5.3 million. I mean, that's a tremendous increase. And they say that the uh, planting of vines has tripled over the last few years and this year alone some one million vines will be planted to give you some indication of just how rapidly the uh, British wine growing industry is developing. It's interesting too that uh, in the Champagne area they were picking grapes two weeks earlier than normal. Uh, they put it down to climate change but these uh, changes where the grapes develop and ripen more quickly, it sort of changes the taste of the wine. Uh, and the general forecast is that uh, a lot of the French wine growing could well move up into south, southern England in the next few years. So there we are. Cheers. All the best for English sparkling wine. Thanks again to our sponsor, Thompson and Morgan. And thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your garden. We'll be back next Thursday. Discover more at sungardening.co.uk. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.